all over the world and direct to you. This is the Sky High Dad Podcast. G'day and welcome to the Sky High Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Rule, and today we have part four, the final part of my four-part series with my guest, Rach Stacey. We're going to pick up right where we left off last week, so let's get straight into it. Two, and I love how often this comes up, effective communication mm-hmm. in a relationship. It's like the bedrock yes. to making it work, and that that is what I was hoping you might say for mm. you guys because I know that you've got really good communication. But I wanted to talk about it because whether it is a miscarriage or you've had to terminate a pregnancy or your child, you've had a child that's died or whatever the case may be within your relationship, these, these traumatic situations destroy so many relationships yes. because people can't cope either with they, they look at their partner and go, well, I'm associating my trauma with my partner yes. because they were the person I did it with. And, and sometimes I think, as, as, sorry to cut you off there, but sometimes I think there's also a bit of resentment if the partner might seem like they're not as sad as you, you know, if they feel like they, you know, they look like they're handling it fine and it doesn't look like it's affected, then it's quite easy for resentment to build there. So, yeah, just really keeping that open and, and honest and, and as real and as raw as it can be and just... I think just, you know, yeah, even though someone might look like they're okay, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are. Everyone's grief looks different. Grief is, there is no right or wrong way to feel grief and your grief might change day to day. So there are some times that I think about Blueberry and I feel so angry. But there are other times I think about it and I feel so upset or despair or I think about, I sometimes, you know, I've got a beautiful little blueberry bush downstairs that we bought in honour of Blueberry. And uh, this spring that had just gone, it produced its first blueberries. And I found that actually really rewarding and, and happy and I smiled. And uh, the other an- another time, sorry, I'm getting a bit off track, but um, our son Lucian has been born with a stalk mark on the back of his neck, which is just like a little red sort of birthmark thing on the back of their neck. And there's like some old wives' tale myth that stalk marks are a sign of a baby that's been kissed by an angel before entering the world. So I always look at his little stalk mark and think that Blueberry has said, you know, say hi to Sent mom and dad. Way. Yeah, that's yeah. really lovely. I like that. Um, thank you for sharing all of that. No, no. Because I know, I know how hard all of that was and it, it wasn't that long ago. So no. um, just for anyone listening... I guess trauma gets easier to deal with as time goes on Mm -hmm. and it hasn't been that long. So I appreciate you talking about it. Um, An interesting aside that I will add, my my cousin died when he was 24. So this was, must have been almost 15 years ago now, which that time has flown by. Mm -hmm. But I remember talking with his auntie um, and... It was, this, it was just the strangest of circumstances. He just went to sleep one night and didn't wake up. Mm. His dad came down to wake him up for, for uni and he just was. was gone. And the coroner couldn't find a cause of death. And it was just one of those situations where you're like, you want something to blame. Yes. And there's not even anything to blame. And, and so, and the reason I bring this story up is you talk about, or we talked about, you have all these visions of what you dream their future will be Mm -hmm. Um, and she came to the realisation this was her way of coping with it was 
just because that's what I dreamt the future would be doesn't mean that's what it was supposed to be. Yes. And the 24 years that she got was what it was supposed He lived the 24 years he was supposed to live. Yes. And she found that to be quite cathartic for her. Yes. Um, I'm only saying this as if there are people listening who are going, well, I'm still not coping and I need some sort of practical input, something that I can try that might make it easier to cope with. Maybe that's a, it's just, and maybe it's not necessarily that, but just a shift in your perspective mm-hmm. or the way that you're viewing what you've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, you're, You've you've just you've separated Lucian and and Blueberry and gone. This is for Blueberry and this is for Lucian, and that's the that's, that's the way I, that I love that right, and that's the way that you've done it. And there's not one as we've said with everything we've talked about today. There's not one right way to do it. No, but if you can find what does work for you, yes. I think that's really really important because these these are really really hard things. Um, I, I mentioned in my podcast with George. Um, a quote that life is suffering and not as a pessimistic way of looking at the world, but going, if, if you understand that lots of bad things do happen, then it puts more emphasis on the good things that do yes. happen. It's just, a, it's just the way a that shift. you view things. One of, um, one of my favorite quotes, um, and I've actually got it tattooed on my arm is this too shall pass. And I always lean into this and it just effectively, you know, it surmises for me that regardless of whether it is good or bad, whatever you are going through, time doesn't stop. It will pass, you know, so the good time will pass, the bad time will pass. So if you are in the middle of that hurt, just knowing that it will pass, it it absolutely will. Um, And sometimes all you can do is just hang on until that time and and that's okay. Yeah, life is not always rainbows and... No, and and if it does, um, I understand that it sounds pessimistic to go. If you expect disappointment, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> but that's not what it is. No, I always, I always come back to. I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. I'm. <laughs> I'm so the same. I am so the same. <laughs> and uh, some people look at me and go, "Well, that's what makes you a pessimist." But no, I, I probably agree with you that it's not about. Um, expecting disappointment but it's just understanding that that life is hard um and i think coming back to being a parent is is instilling that information we don't want to crush our kids but they're not always going to get what they want and so you know there's uh, a saying that i often say to the kids at school that i support and that is life's not about what you want it's about what you have to do so often it's like i don't want to go to maths yeah well life's not about what you want it's about what you have to do and at the moment we have to go to math so too bad so sad so I try to try to I guess instill this understanding that while it's great to have wants and desires that's actually not what life is about all the time sometimes we have to do things that we maybe don't really want to do or that we find hard or challenging or have been thrust upon us and and if you're always expecting things to be good it also devalues how much you appreciate good things. Yes. Whereas if you're not expecting things to be amazing all the time, when they do happen, you appreciate them so much more. Or or I think as well, maybe, maybe thinking about it as accepting things for what they are, whether that's good or bad. So you're not expecting good and you're not expecting bad. You're just accepting it for what it is. Mm. It is good or it is bad or it's just in the middle somewhere. And you know what? That's okay as well. And and 
perspective is it's sort of my favorite buzzword at the moment <laughs> since COVID um, because that was I call COVID the great perspective shift mm. and it hadn't it, it hasn't exactly had the greatest effect that I had hoped on a lot of social <laughs> things um, but I know with my kids for example um, anyone who follows my flying with Zach Instagram page will see that I've I've been to Johannesburg a lot so I've I've been there seven times in the last 10 weeks. Uh, but one thing that really hits me hard when I'm there is the poverty. Mm. And I think there's 11 million people in Johannesburg. And I would say half of them are very poor, mm. uh, like unbelievably poor. So when I go out for a run, I'm, I try and stay reasonably fit. When I go out for a run there, every other traffic light that you run past, there's a mother with a small child sitting begging. And... This is heartbreaking. Oh, and they're always the same age as my kids, which makes it way worse yes. because I'm like that child. You associate was, them as well. They, I'm like they were probably born at a similar time to my kids, but my kids, just by luck of the draw, were born into my family in mm-hmm. a good country in a great hospital. That child was probably born in the into slums, that in the slums, possibly. right? In in Soweto on a dirty floor, and there's no money, and the dad's probably gone, and so the mum's left to do that. Mm. And I look at the situation and it it just it breaks my heart every time. I can't I can't not. I run through tears whenever I see it. And then I come home and my kids are like, I don't want to eat that for dinner. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna smash that over your head. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because it's that perspective, right? You can yes. look at it and my kids go, Well, I would much rather have I don't know, pancakes for dinner yes. than have my vegetables. I'm like, Well, I would rather have grateful children. So yeah, we're yeah. both missing out here. Yes. But yeah. It's just that perspective of if, and they, they're kids one, so they can't comprehend that. Two, they haven't been in Johannesburg to see what I've seen. Yes. But it's. It's that classic, you only know what you know. Exactly. Exactly. So um, it's a bit of a roundabout way to get to say, you know, when you're in these negative, hard times, whether it be in your own relationship or as a parent with your kids or you've been through something traumatic, wherever you can, try and have that. When you have that choice of your perspective being on the negative or the positive, if you can choose the positive, it's not dismissing the trauma, mm. but it's it's accepting that it's there, but you're choosing positive to recover out of it. Well, I, I think I think that ties in really nicely. Like sometimes I, I I'm not sure whether you know the the definition of of mental health and resilience and and, and what what it actually is. So th- there is quite this. And I'm definitely not a professional. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but we do um, teach this in school as as part of my subject areas. Is this idea that there's a bit of a, I guess, a stigma around mental health and, and what we think it is, and and actual mental health is not an illness. It's not. It's none of those things. And it's actually one's ability to cope and respond to challenges. So. Uh, I guess, and that's what resilience is as well. It's it's looking at, it's taking knockdowns, hardships, difficult times and being able to respond to that and I guess pick yourself up. You know, it's that classic get knocked down 10 or nine times, get up the 10th time. That is resilience. That is mental health. And so if, yeah, it's, it's it doesn't take away from that trauma or those things that you're feeling, but just understanding that, you, you know, we, we do have to be able to cope and pick up from this and, and, and carry on. And if you can't, that's okay. Acknowledge that and seek help. 
because there are people out there that do help with that. Um, and so that's rather than just sitting in those negative emotions and spiraling down, as you sort of mentioned before, recognize that, okay, I'm actually, I'm, I'm having a difficult time coping with this. I can't pick myself up from this. I need to look, I need to get some help to do that. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's. And, and the other thing that I will add to with mental health, um, I, I personally, well, firstly, I want to say if you can be self-aware, um, Google that if you're not sure what that means. But I think everyone really can, can, well, everyone really should be as self-aware as possible. One, so you can identify things that affect you heavily. Mm-hmm. Two, different personalities are going to be more volatile than others. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm sim- similar with you, where you're facing a tough situation, and you just think, well, it's just a problem to be solved. And as you said, with your tattoo. You'll be. It's just time. You just need the time, yes. and you'll get through the. You'll get through it. But if you're more of a, I, I'm very much a math, science, analytical brain. So my brain just looks at problems and goes, "Well, this is just this, 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 and we'll eventually get out of it." And yes, you are going to have times where it overwhelms you, and you just think, oh, "I can't see any way out of this." Everyone does. But if you've got more of a creative brain, I actually think I have more of a creative brain. There you go. But if you're more creative, I, I find, or at least with my creative friends, that you are, you are more susceptible to spiraling yes. because of the way that your brain functions because yes. you do think outside of the norm yes that you you run the risk in a mental health situation that it'll take control of you mm-hmm. um, and so I'm just trying to remember where I was going with that but the the reason why being self-aware is important is you can see the markers yes before it gets away from you yes. You can go, oh, I know where this leads. Because I know when, during COVID when I had my small bout with depression and I only knew I had it because I know what I'm normally like. I'm self-aware mm-hmm. enough to go, this is my baseline. And, and I was there. a long way yeah. below that. Like my my kids would say something slightly aggressively and I would snap. Yes. I'm like, why am I not coping? Yes. And that was that, like when as soon as I thought that, that was to go into your, your ability to regulate and to cope. Yes. I was like, I, I've just woken up and I'm already not coping. Yes. Something's wrong. Yes. Um, if you can at least get to a position from a self-aware mental health standpoint where you can notice that, mm-hmm. if you then do get to that place where you go, I, I can't see any way out of this, and you go, I want to seek help. I know for a lot of people, the blinders come on mm-hmm. when you're in a depressive state. And so your brain goes, oh, well, the only thing I can do is see a psychologist and I can't afford one, so no one can help me. Mm-hmm. It does, And that's, again, the brain does that, right? Yes. But you need to know there are other options out yes. there. You can call Beyond Blue. You can call Lifeline if it's that bad. Um, you can go to your local church and seek help. There are people in the community that you can go see and say, I'm not doing okay. Yeah. The thing that I actually find um, most beneficial to me, and it's probably where a lot of my resilient trait has come from myself, is I am a journaler and I have journaled from about the age of eight, I think. You know, when I was a teenager, it was like, I'm going to crush on this boy and I've got to crush on that boy. And now it's much more meaningful. And um, I find as a creative person, being able to just write and express myself on the page often just lifts and, and allows me the space and time that I need to process something. So... Um, I'll give you an, an example of something that I've just experienced. My six-and-a-half-month-old son decided that he was done breastfeeding on Mother's Day, which was 
Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Hey, Lucian. <laughs> Great present. Happy, happy Mother's Day. I don't, I no longer need you anymore. Um, I found that quite upsetting. I, I wasn't ready yet to give that up. Um, so I cried. My first Mother's Day was spent in tears <laughs> in the morning. Wonderful. Hooray. Um, but uh, so what I do in those times, so I guess I'm just trying to normalize that it is okay to be upset. It's okay to feel your feelings, have them. That's okay. But the way that I then process it is I grab out my journal and I just start writing, you know, today, my first Mother's Day, my son has stopped breastfeeding and I don't know how to feel about that. I'm, I'm quite upset. I'm sort of a bit mixed on one side. I'm like, well, at least he's not tied to me anymore. But on the other side, I'm like, well, I wasn't ready to say goodbye to that. And through that journaling I got to a point where I was feeling much more rational and came to the realization well hey this is parenting parenting is about accepting and letting go of things that you can't control I can't control if he wants to breastfeed or not as much as I'd love for him to you know still do it and everywhere you read it's like children should be breastfed until 12 months old well, my son doesn't want to. He's 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 done with that. I can't control that. I can't force him. And if I beat myself up over it, I'm only going to feel quite terrible. So, yeah, parenting is about letting go of the things that you can't control and just accepting that for where that is. And I found that as a creative person, like I said, journaling, and sometimes I draw, just scribble, that really helps so yeah you don't have to always go out and and find a psychologist there are plenty of ways that you can help yourself I guess become more self-aware and I often realize I through my journaling often reflect and go I've been actually not that nice to my husband lately I probably need to let him know that I appreciate all the effort that he's put in or, or things like that because as I'm writing it in my journal I'm like oh well actually I probably haven't said that to him so yeah I I I I think journaling is really, really important. We can get, we can keep all of this stuff up in our head, but it allows this to come out onto the page and and off your own shoulders. Yeah, uh, journaling is one of those things that I have started and failed many times because I I, I, I see the benefit in it. It's just I'll, the I'll let you know that I, I, I'm not consistent. I'm not consistent. I reckon I journal, it, and, and this is probably. So I, I'm just trying to normalise for people. There is no right or wrong. You don't have to journal every single day. I absolutely do not journal every single day. Um, and so sometimes if I'm, you know, times when I'm finding it more difficult, I might turn to my journal more often. And then when I'm having times of feeling quite good, I, I don't open it for a month or two. And and that's actually okay. There is no, in parenting, in life. Yeah, in what, whatever no, works for you is, no, is the right no way right to do right it. There's no right or wrong. That's right. Yeah. With your with your Instagram page, raise underscore resilient underscore kids, with a number of the things that we've talked about today, is it a good place? Are you happy for anyone that's listening that may want to talk to you about it? Is it okay for them to message you and say? Absolutely, I'm so open. Yes, they can, and that can be. Um, it can be about parenting, about teaching. It can be about you know how do I handle my child having the tantrum? It can be about how do I handle the emotions of losing a child? I, I don't, I, I'm so open to anyone reaching out. Just for anyone time. that's listening. And if, if we grab any of these sound grabs for you to put on your own Instagram page for people to hear, so your own followers can know mm-hmm. 
maybe because maybe as you were saying, not heaps of interaction. Perhaps people are waiting for an invitation yes. to speak to you, or just as long as that's what the platform is for. Yes. Um, I think there are a lot of people who need help, mm. but aren't. Is forthcoming the word? They don't want to be the one that goes looking for it until someone gives them the invitation first. Yes. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you, you, yeah, definitely. I think that's so. cool. Okay. Well, uh, as I said, your Instagram is going to be in the description of this page for anyone that's listening that wants to jump over and have a look. I definitely recommend that you should. As always, if there are any questions for me, uh, I've got the email, skyhighdad at gmail.com or just the Instagram page, which is at the Sky High Dad podcast. I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. I've, we've covered a lot of things. Yeah, I don't I don't actually know if I covered the things that you wanted to cover, so I'm sorry if I just waffled. No, waffling is good. That's what we do here. But um, no, look, when we jumped into this episode, we didn't really know where it was going to go. We... I know enough about you that we can just have a conversation for hours and that's just the way that is because mm-hmm. we can talk like that. Uh, I'm really happy with how this went and I'm really, really glad. The last half an hour, especially talking about Blueberry, I'm so thankful that you were able to share that because I think that's going to help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's almost the greatest thing that can come out of any tragedy is that you can use it to help other people. Yes. Otherwise, and, and, it's wasted. Well, and that is exactly why I did post it on my personal page. When we were going through it was just just so, you know, I, I didn't – sorry, I'm, I'm getting us. You said let's wrap up. No, no, go into it. This week. I, When we were going through it, we felt like we were the only people in the world who had experience. I didn't know – I mean, I knew a couple of people who had had miscarriages. But in my mind, I felt like – and this is probably just where I was at that point in time – was, like, well, this is this is not a miscarriage. This is my 17-week-old child that I'm – this is, you know – I was just – I just felt like I didn't know anyone. I felt like we were the only people in the world. And I've since come to realize since I posted it. And again, I've had like 20 plus people reach out and say, Hey, we're going through this. What do I do? How do I, you know, the doctors have said this, how did you handle that? I just, that is why I posted it there. Just so that any mother, any father out there who is experiencing that you are not alone. And I'm absolutely happy for you to reach out and say, and even if it's just you just wanted a sounding board, that's absolutely okay. And and I really, really respect you and Squid for that because there are a lot of people that just they wouldn't be open to the idea of, if, of talking about it and being there to help other people. But it's, yeah, it is really amazing that you're able, even so recently after it all happening, to be available for people is so, so great. So, Thank you. Thank you very much for today. I am certain that people will have got something out of today. I've Wonderful. I've had a lot of fun. Good. And Me too. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you can all hear in the background my kids are getting restless. So we're going to wrap it up here. But uh, thank you again, Rach. Um, thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. Thank you, everybody. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. And that's it, folks. That concludes the four part series with Rach. Did I not say that there was going to be some pretty great stuff in there? I really hope that you all got something out of it. I want to say thank you again to Rach for the time that she gave, the honesty that she shared with everybody. 
If you want to reach out to Rach, as I've mentioned on all the other episodes, her Instagram page at raise underscore resilient underscore kids. Please send her a message if you want to talk to her about any of the things she's discussed or any of the stuff that you see on her page. If you want to reach out to me, as always, the Instagram is at the sky high dad. And you can always shoot me an email as well, the sky high dad at gmail.com. I've got plenty more lined up for the next few weeks. But I hope you enjoyed today. Until next time, stay safe and stay well. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Sky High Dad podcast.